It's Jim, it's the World of Bonds, back in London, jet lagged and up since 4am today. It's Tuesday the 2nd of May 2023. To quote William Gibson, the science fiction author who foretold of much what we experience as real life today, he uh, reckoned that jet lag is the result of your soul getting left behind during travel by aeroplane. He said, quote, souls can't move that quickly and are left behind and must be awaited upon arrival like lost luggage. Anyway, this is for professional investors only, philosophers and never investment advice. In Tokyo uh, last week, I did say that the Bank of Japan was probably hoping it would be bailed out of its quandary about exiting yield curve control, quantitative easing and negative interest rate policy, NERP, and um, you know therefore get bailed out and avoid having to tighten monetary policy by other G10 central banks being at the peak or near the peak of their rate hiking cycles. And so if everyone else is starting to come down again, that big yield differential between Japanese interest rates and G10 interest rates doesn't look quite so scary. Well, that does look a bit hopeful this morning because the Aussie dollar is rallying uh, by about 1% uh, against its major peers and its short-dated bonds are selling off as the uh, RBA, the Reserve Bank of Australia, hiked unexpectedly by 25 basis points to 3.85%. And we have some more monetary policy meetings this week and uh, they too might uh, surprise the market with upwards uh, moves rather than that peak that I think the Bank of Japan was kind of hoping for. Meanwhile, JP Morgan's Jamie Dimon declared that the US banking crisis is over. Quote, no crystal ball is perfect, he said, but yes, the banking system is very stable. And at the weekend, JP Morgan took over First Republic Bank, which had become the second largest bank failure in US history. Numbers three and four were uh, Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank uh, that both went under earlier this year. Um, the WAMU, Washington Mutual Bank, at number one, still comfortably there. That was from 2008. And number five, still comfortably there, which is a real blast from the past, from 1984. That was Continental Illinois. So uh, numbers two, three and four have all happened this year during this banking crisis. Um, and while it doesn't feel like a banking crisis like 2008, 2009, as you see, those uh, those three banks together comfortably outdo anything uh, in, in total from 2008-2009. So if Jamie Dimon does think that this is the end of the banking crisis, the stock market doesn't quite. So if you look at KBW Banks Index, that was down about 3% on Friday with some of the constituents in there down a hell of a lot more. As with UBS's acquisition of Credit Suisse, there are also questions about JP Morgan and about whether the buyer got a bargain at the expense of taxpayers and other stakeholders um, in the institution. The difficulty, of course, is that given the timescales you need to rescue an institution with all its jobs, its loans, the systemic contagion issues, that there's always going to be some sort of conflict with the usual governance processes and shareholder votes and and all of that sort of things. Anyway, I saw a good chart yesterday from Jeff Veniger of Wisdom Tree showing the annual change in commercial bank deposits going back to 1972. 
So in 2020, we saw extraordinary growth in bank deposits as people banked furlough checks and stuff like that, didn't spend money on going out, eating out uh, or going on holiday. So the build-up in, in bank deposits was running at about 22%, even more than that per year at its peak. Now, what goes up must come down, but the previous biggest annual decline we saw in bank deposits was in 1994, and then we saw a shrinkage of about 1%. Where we are now over the past year is about minus 4.7%, so nearly five times bigger than the previous uh, fall. Of course, uh, you know, as you know, and as I've just said, partly this shrinkage just does reflect the huge COVID buildup of deposits and a normalisation of that. Partly it's due to money market funds and other types of instruments that suddenly offer really attractive yields given the, the record rise, well, the huge rise that we've seen in Fed funds over the past year. Banks haven't kept up with that, but other other investment assets and money market funds have. And so they offer high yields that you can get on your bank accounts. But it is also partly fear. It's also you know, thinking about Silicon Valley Bank and other regional banks and wanting to uh, put your money somewhere perceived to be safer. In any case, whichever of those um, explanations you want to prioritise, it is going to lead to lower lending um, and lower ability to lend from the bank. So tighter lending standards acting as a form of monetary tightening somehow. Right, what else have we got for you today? We've got the debt ceiling crisis in the US. Remember last week, one-year US CDS for um, taking it out on the US sovereign effectively got up to 135 basis points. That's now 175 basis points, so 40 wider in the last week. And if you look at six months, which is the kind of area where people anticipate that a default would take place, um, the treasury bills that mature around there. So the six-month default rate expectation has shot up dramatically. So uh, six-month CDS now at six, sorry, 2.61%. So that's way higher than we got to in previous debt ceiling debacles and debates. So if you go back to uh, 2011, uh, we got up to about 60 basis points for that six-month um, US CDS at the time. So this is magnitudes or regarded as magnitudes more serious uh, or maybe the CDS market is magnitudes less liquid as it was then. Um, and remember, it's not like you get paid a huge windfall if there is a default, uh, if the US does miss a coupon payment on a on a treasury bill. Uh, well, it, it, what it means is that you will gain any losses experienced on that treasury bill and i think that most people would expect that even if they don't make that treasury bill payment exactly on time the actual risk of losing capital permanently on that is pretty low and so therefore your windfall gain on um, buying cds protection on uh, that treasury bill or on US treasuries in general is going to be pretty uh, minimal indeed. Nevertheless, it's a fear gauge and one that's useful for that. Janet Yellen says that the treasury could run out of cash next month. And uh, I think last night Joe Biden called an emergency meeting of the big players from Congress to come in and see him and try and hammer out an agreement. I guess one thing that people are looking at could Moody's 
join S&P in having the US sovereign not rated as AAA anymore. S&P have got them a notch below that. That doesn't seem an unreasonable risk that the US uh, economy faces at the moment. Finally, finally, Deutsche Bank put out its asset returns from April across the piece. Uh, The things that did well last month were credit and equity markets in general, but there were losers. Uh, The biggest loser in bond world was the UK gilt market. That was down nearly 2%. In currency world, it was the Japanese yen. Most of that move happening on Friday following uh, UADA's non-scrapping or modification of yield curve control there. So that's down about 2.5% against the uh, US dollar. Um, last month other things that are down commodities so um, European natural gas was down about 19% oil also weaker uh, another month that that's weaker and food prices weak too um, at the wholesale level and you'll be reading stuff if you're in the UK today about how whilst wholesale food prices are down retail food prices are up over the month and uh, you know difficult questions being asked to supermarkets and uh, food providers about why that might be the case right have good weeks catch you later in the week bye